to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms, including Twitch at Keys to the City. So subscribe, share, like, and comment as well. Another busy week in the sport of football, in the NFL. But we're going to talk about Big Blue in a couple minutes. Last week, we talked about the NFL draft. We brought out our NFL draft mock draft, I should say, 1.0. We talked about the Giants. We'll talk about free agency now. And then we're also going to talk about, we got to think about this, ladies and gentlemen, a year ago, this is when everything really came crashing down. NCAA March Madness canceled. Could it survive this year, though? We're already seeing teams. One of my teams, my Duke, my Duke Blue Devils, their season's over. The Kansas Jayhawks are the latest team. North Carolina A&T, I should say. And then you got also Virginia. Big teams that one of them needed to survive and advance to get into the tournament. Season's over. But we're going to talk about that. Can they start or can they survive this year? They didn't last year. Could they survive this year? But I want to start off with the big news today. And I was watching Colin Coward, and we've heard ongoing discussions. Russell Wilson, I brought this up a couple weeks ago of saying, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to be a, a quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. I did say I thought it was going to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but as we know, they have their guy now for the next four, and who knows, even maybe longer, in Dak Prescott. Now the big news today, and I was watching Colin Coward, is the Chicago Bears, the team that we all must agree, we all have to agree on. This is the most desperate team in the NFL currently, and they're looking for a quarterback. They cannot go another year, especially Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, the GM, cannot. They cannot survive with Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky or anything less because his team is too talented and they just made the playoffs. They need to find a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback in forever since both of us haven't been alive. I don't even remember the do last you, time. Do you know they're the only NFL team that's never had a 30-touchdown uh, passer in the regular season? They're the only NFL team. Do you know I got the Colin Coward trivia question right? Who's had the most 30-touchdown um, seasons since 2015? It was it – was, Russell Wilson, five out of the last six years. So we know that he's been knocked for not having talented wide receivers and players around him. Now, you know, in the last two years, they've drafted DK Metcalf. They have always had Tyler Lockett. They tried the Greg Olson uh, experiment. That was none. Had Will Disley for about five weeks in fantasy. If you remember him, he had a couple breakout years. But if you, if you, I mean, Golden Tate was there and then gone. I mean, they've never really had a true number one. DK Metcalf has started to be that. Um, you know, I, I think the question you're going to ask is, should they go all in? What is all in? I don't think five first-round draft picks is worth it. I think that's giving up too much. I think you're you you you're talking about a guy – I would do that for maybe Deshaun Watson in the sense that he's only 26 years old. You have Russell Wilson who's 32, maybe closer to 33 years old. I believe he'll be this in the season. So not that he's not in his prime because we've seen quarterbacks like Brady and Breeze. Listen, even Rodgers – Guys that are 38, 39, 40, 40-plus 40 years old succeed in the NFL. But I'd rather have Deshaun Watson a longer-term deal. I believe his contract with the extension will last longer in the future, where Russell Wilson, I think, could be a free agent after 2022 or 2023. Plus, there's more dead caps for Seattle. So is that worth it? Five first-round draft picks have a 
$39 million de- uh, dead cap. Listen, it's an interesting thing. It's funny because the Deshaun Watson story was the, really the first thing that kicked off the NFL season, really. And that was the big news. And then the Russell Wilson story came out of nowhere, and it seemed to gain a lot of steam lately. I still don't see it happen because of the dead cap space. I think Seattle will find a way to get through this season. We've seen disgruntled quarterbacks before. And here's the other thing. If you really said he didn't want to play there, then come out like Deshaun Watson and say, I'm not going to play there. Just say that. That's what like bugs me about this whole thing, and I did it a couple weeks ago on YouTube. You can check it out also on YouTube. Is it Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson? Look, we heard Carson Wentz was frustrated in Philadelphia. He wanted out. Matthew Stafford, I mean, being in Detroit in general has to be frustrating. And you know that deep down he possibly wanted to be out. He eventually got moved on to L.A. And then you got Deshaun Watson, who has been saying it for months now that he is done with Houston he doesn't want to be a part of their plans. He doesn't want to be a Houston Texan anymore. This is the one that bothers me when people say he doesn't want to be traded, but he came out with four teams that he's interested in. Plain and simple right there, you want to be out. You're done with this situation. And the thing that makes this even more crazier is that we haven't heard anybody from Seattle come out. Not the GM, not Pete Carroll. Hell, not even Russell Wilson has come out and spoke about these reports slash rumors or whatever you want to call them. We haven't heard any of that. So when I heard immediately the the Cowboys, the Ra- Cowboys at the time, the Raiders, the Saints, and the Bears, the four teams that Russell was interested in, play it right there. It just yeah, he says he doesn't want to get traded, but you're asking your agent, his agent. Which he must hear some no, sort of. No, so the agent, the agent had called Adam Sheffer. That's where the report came. From. Well, the agent. How did his agent? How did his agent find out about that? Hmm? Well, they, gotta they be- probably discussed it. And you know how it goes. You throw some sugar. You throw some flour in the air and see what it attaches to. Here's another thing that uh, Trev, you probably saw, and and most people probably have seen by now is the Seattle Seahawks left Russell Wilson off their promo, like promo video for their. Um, upcoming season with your season ticket. Now, I don't know about you, but I guarantee you Daniel Jones is on the promo video for the New York Giants season ticket holders. And hell, if his ass is on the season ticket holder promo video, Russell Wilson should be the headline. If it's a 90-second clip, he should have he should have at least 45 seconds because he is your team. Other than Bobby Wagner, excuse me, he is your team. He is Seattle. This is why you got rid of all those defensive players. It was supposed no. to be the Russell Wilson team. I understand. And, and listen, I understand. If he goes to Chicago, do you really see him succeeding the same level he did at Seattle? Ted, you also have to take into consideration. I this has to be brewing since Super Bowl, the one that they lost to the Patriots. I don't know. I no, how could this be brewing? Because they this, did it for him. If they were listen, if they wanted to take, if they because, wanted to take away, no, because, listen, listen, because everything started there. Everything stemmed from there. Yeah, it but started, Trev. Because we always well, hold on when they won. They against- forgave the ball to Marshawn Lynch. No, but listen, they decided no, to let Seattle get the the credit when they beat Denver. All the credit was on that dominant defense. So well, the, the next year, like play the game, bro. Next year they get the same way. They get there the same way. Dominant defense and Russell made plays when he needed to. Then they gave him the chance to win the game. 
And that's where it all started, Russell. You saw Richard Sherman come out over the years. You've seen ex-players come out over the years. Michael Robinson supposedly came out. And, I mean, Russell Wilson, has he eventually became a problem in Seattle? He's become too bigger than life. And this is why I said a couple weeks ago when we talked, me, you, and Joe, that has he become almost a diva because he wants all? He wants it all. And I feel like Seattle gave him his wife. Now he's complaining because of all of the one he wanted. He wants to be the man. But Seattle – Gave him that opportunity, but Seattle also has kind of said, "Yeah, we're going to get away from him." You could just see this brewing for some time now, and it's about time that it's finally come out. See, I was thinking, you know, you know, diva thing, right? And I, I was going to make the comment, "Well, look at his wife," and somebody would go, "Yeah, but what about Tom Brady's wife?" We joke about this a lot of times in relationships. Sometimes, and listen, this is this is no disrespect, but sometimes the old saying, sometimes certain people wear the pants in the relationship. Well. When I think when it comes down to football, mm-hmm. I think Tom Brady wears the the pants because if you remember a couple of years ago, Giselle was talking. I think she did a video uh, interview or something where she kind of was talking about Tom retiring, wanting him to retire, maybe be around the kids a little bit more, do a little bit more. The man is still playing, and he's playing, and he just signed an extension. Now I'm not saying Russell Wilson is like that because if you read about it, I think you sent me the article on Instagram. <clears throat> him, Tom Brady, and LeBron James. I think all three of them spend at least a million dollars each year on their bodies with nutrition, regiment, fitness, trainers, you know, you name it. You know, if there's a TB12, there's something for Russell Wilson too. He, yep. he does the same amount of work on his body to keep his body. I can't remember the last time he got hurt. I don't even know if he's ever gotten hurt in the NFL. Um, but I just don't know. I think I the, the storyline oh, for the Bears, Bears storyline is great, but I just don't see it as a success. I, I know. I don't do see, want to can, see I, can, I interrupt, can I interrupt for one I second? I don't I don't yeah. think it'll have the same success as Tom Brady in Tampa or Peyton Manning at for Denver. I just don't see it. No. I don't see the same success. Hold on. So I know that Bears fans would love to see this first off this scene every week of him as a Chicago Bear quarterback. But let me bring it back to you. You say that Russell Wilson wouldn't have the same impact. Well, let's see. Russell Wilson is without question a top four top five quarterback in this league right now. The Bears, without question, have a top four, top five defense. Now, if they did, what do we mean by go all in? Now, do they trade an entire draft? Do they trade some also some pieces with that? Do they trade a Kyle Fuller? Do they trade – I would not include a Khalil Mack in this, even though maybe Seattle would ask for it. I'm not trying to – I'm trying to keep Khalil Mack. That defense is so good enough – is that good enough that they made it to the playoffs with a terrible Nick Foles and an average at best – throughout this season, Mitchell Trubisky. And can you imagine having a guy like Russell Wilson, a quarterback that they've never had? They haven't had this great of a quarterback forever. The Chicago Bears are known as just a the mid monsters of the midway. That's what they're called. They don't talk about quarterbacks. When we think of quarterbacks, we think of Green Bay. We think of Dallas. We think of uh, the San Patriots, San Brady, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, we think of great quarterbacks like that. Hell, if you want to put the Giants in there, that's fine. But we don't think of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I'll only, I'll, that's still TBD. But we we never talk about the quarterback situation in the Bears because they never had any great quarterbacks. If they ever got a Russell Wilson, I don't care what you have to give up. It's kind of like with Deshaun the, the Watson. When you know you're getting an elite player and one of the best in the game and you're a team on the cusp, of just making the playoffs last year, you get a Russell Wilson. I don't care what you got to trade. You take yourself from playoff contender 
to championship level contender yeah. in a heart. And when you got and, and Colin Coward said it best. When you're in a division where you have to play Aaron Rodgers twice a year, you got to have you're not winning with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky guys. It's just not happening. I don't care how well, great Trubisky's not on the roster. Okay, but I'm saying I just a quarterback okay. like him. Okay, like so here's the thing: or Alex Smith. Are you going to have to give up more for Russell Wilson than Deshaun Watson? Um, the, listen, we don't have the answer to that. We don't have the answer. Here's the only thing. Hold on one second. The only thing I will say to both of that to that question, and they both have the similar answer for myself is the Bears don't have a top ten pick. So either one of those teams, who if they do trade. Russell Wilson to those teams. Who's your quarterback next year, Seattle? That means you're kicking the can down the road. You're kicking the can down the road for next season. That's what you're telling me because you don't have a quarterback and there's not a free agent quarterback and you're not going to be able to draft one because you don't have a top 10 pick. You got to think about it. Last point about this before we get on to our next. If they did make a whole trade, say the Bears give up their whole draft and they have all those draft picks, Seattle. Now maybe you package it with somebody up in the top up at the top eight. A team that doesn't need a quarterback, maybe. Like I'm saying, like a Miami. Say a Miami. Why don't they call the Jets the call the jet for Sam Darnold? Call the Jets oh, for Sam Darnold. You can do that. But He's you're not going to You might have to give up all those picks to get up to that spot if you wanted to. Or you could trade Sam Darnold. It all depends. All I'm trying to say is, is that even with Seattle, if they did trade Russell Wilson, I know they should. They they probably in a million years you would have never thought it would happen. But if they did, you still have plenty of options this offseason of quarterbacks. Now they might not be great, but you still have plenty of options. And Sam Darnold is probably the best name that comes to mind because Pete Carroll's a USC guy, and Sam Darnold is from USC. So should the Bears go all in? I say yes because you're on the cusp of making it to that. Super Bowl tier, you get Russell Wilson, bam, you're in the conversation right off the bat. It just depends what you're giving up. It just depends what and you're giving you're up. League. And you need great quarterbacks. I mean, here's the thing. They got Allen Robinson. They franchise tag him. You got a solid defense. They do have a nice tight end, in Cole Komet from uh, Notre Dame. Uh-huh. Their running back situation should be better. Tariq Cohen should be coming back this year. And they also have David Montgomery. Uh, Kyle Long, I don't know if he's going to be a free agent or if he's all in actually. Or oh, so he's not. He won't be back at the Bears now. Their offensive line is shaky, but we've mm-hmm. seen Seattle with a shakier line too in past years. That was one of our questions a couple of years ago. Who had the yeah. worst offensive line Giants in Seattle? So he's able to scramble. Matt Nagy's got an, you know, an extensive playbook, very intuitive, maybe more offensive friendly for uh, Russell Wilson. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. To think. Before January, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson would not even – you would even think about trading. Might as well – them asking for trades is pretty remarkable when we're talking on March 12th right now. But here's the other thing. Found out another situation. I don't know if you saw this this morning. If they wait till the draft night, either team, Houston or Seattle, um, they can – you can go farther down the road with draft picks. Meaning, if you trade now, I believe you can only get trade up to a 2023 or 2024, one of those years. If you go, whatchamacallit, if you wait to the draft, starting when the draft kicks off, once he says the Jaguars are on the clock, they're allowed to trade up to 2025. So you can, you, I mean, you could give first-round picks. You give for the next five years of first-round picks. And I think that's why that's, that question was brought up today is how much and how far 
How much would you be willing to give up for Russell Wilson? Okay. Well, as the great movie, as a great movie, I like to say a quote: "The Bears, they better give them an offer. You can't refuse." We'll have to see. Because plain and simple, this offseason has been madness, and it's continuing to go in that trend. Let's get over. We talked about it last week with the Big Blue New York Football Giants. We talked about the draft, and Ted went with the pass rusher, Michigan kid would have pay from Michigan. Kind of was um, kind of what was a shocker, a surprising pick. Now I want to talk about quickly in free agency because well, now it's officially free agent. The next ten days, less than ten days, are going to be pandemonium in the NFL with with tampering with. Uh, with signings, with the new official league season starting, league year, I should say, starting. There's a lot happening. And the two biggest things going into this offseason for the New York Giants, plain and simple, is a number one. Yes, it is. Galladay. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I didn't know. I, I see, see, it's good to have somebody helping me out. Why are you it's looking up, bro? You lazy. You didn't even look up Kenny Galladay's real name. Teammate. That's a good teammate. He's that disappointed himself. But anyway, the big question is plain and simple. Do the Giants, we went defense, or Ted, I should say, if I was, I would have been a little different. But well, here's the thing I had the receivers off the board at the present time. If if I told you, if one of those three receivers, or if Kyle Pitts, which I don't think Kyle Pitts will even be close to being 11, but if one of those three or four guys are there at 11, I think the Giants have a, an easy decision for themselves. I don't care who it is. If it's Devontae Smith, I think Jamar Chase will probably be the first receiver off of the board. The Waddle, Devontae Smith could be interested. And the reason why I say that is because this. You thought Jerry Judy would have been the first pick, and it was Henry Ruggs. So does someone go Waddle because of his explosive and deep play threat over Devontae Smith, who's also a smaller frame guy compared to, you know, Jalen Waddle? So and then listen, e- either e- um, either way, I think all three guys can be successful in the NFL. I believe Devontae Smith can be successful. The only thing with him that I see compared from college to the NFL is because the game is much more physical and the the hash marks are closer in, so they're not I mean, or wider out, so they're not as – you don't get the, the width like you do in college. And what I mean is the hash marks that go up the, up the middle of the field, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the NFL game they're wider. So that your sideline maneuver, you don't have as much space. Where in the college, it's, it's, it's not as far over. So that's why you see a lot of like bubble screens and, and openness in the, in, the, in the college game compared to the NFL. So is Devontae Smith big enough, good enough, to get off press coverage? Is he good enough to be Jalen Ramsey? Is he good enough to be Patrick Peterson? Is he good enough to be Darius Slay or one of the top cornerbacks? Because that's what a number one receiver has to do. That's what he's – That's what. That's what you're saying. Can he Can he beat Bradbury? In, because I think when you talk about Kenny Galladay, I think a guy can do that. I don't think he's in a legit number one. He is because of the market that is – Well, coming into the season, you would have thought, well, Chris Godwin – I think we all could have assumed that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to do everything they could to get Godwin back. The other name that we heard was Allen Robinson. The Bears ended up franchise tagging him. That Who knows if they're going to try to reach a long-term deal, or maybe he just doesn't still want to be there. That I should Beckham. The Bears end up trying to go for Russell Wilson. So the big name in this free agency class is a true number one to some is Kenny Galladay. He's young. I know he has an injury issue. That's the big, big issue. 
And the teams that we've heard associated with Galladay, the New York Giants are one of them, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, teams that need weapons. Jets. And Galladay, Jets always can use weapons. They definitely want to. It all depends. So, and then you also got the pass rushing ability in this draft, in this, not even this draft. This is why I think the Giants should really prioritize going pass rusher and free agency because of the lack of talent, I would say, in this upcoming draft. You can, of get, a depth. You can get depth like, later in this round. They and, and Rosas from Miami look like they could be really talented players, but there's a huge butt in there in, in the sense of raw potential. And raw, as I've always been saying, can either get you fired or it can make you look like a genius. But you don't want to take that chance. In this in this free agency class, Shaq Barrett looks like he could be going back to Tampa. You get Bud Dupree, who's been a name associated with the Giants. And I've heard what I was just listening to uh, Jordan Renan's podcast uh, recently. The Giants, there's some people in the building that are interested in Bud Dupree. Maybe they try to get him to a one-year prove-it deal and see coming off of the ACL. But he's young, he's athletic, and he kicked the crap out of the Giants on Monday night in week one. So there is Yann, uh, Yannick Nguakwe. There's plenty. Hendrickson from the Lions. There's a lot of no, great – Hendrickson was on the Saints. Hendrickson huh? was on the Saints. Oh, Hendrickson. So Saints. there was a lot of – there's a lot of good, and I would even say great talent in this free agents class well, for – People there's that you know, you know what you're going to get out of. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get out of this rookie class. That's why there's, there's – you're going to find – a lot of defensive players coming off in the second and third and fourth rounds because that's where your depth is in this class. The, the big talent is your quarterbacks, your receivers. You're going to see a lot of offensive players taken in that first round, but second, third rounds is going to where you're going to get your depth. That's where most majority of your team anyways. Listen, the Giants got to go all in for a number one receiver at 11. They got to hope he's there. You got to, I mean, you got to hope and pray. If not, I would trade back and get value and get value and, and get assets because that at this point in time, if you can't get a legit number receiver, you can get excuse me, you can get one of those kids pay or one of the uh, kids, the two kids from Miami, Phillips or uh, Rousseau, because those kids are not top ten picks. They're closer to twenty to thirty picks. So if you can drop back in the draft class, get more value picks, you can move up in the second, third. Listen, we need players. We're not good yet. We're close to being good, but we need talent. That's why I think you go after a guy like Bud Dupree, or you know who or whoever else is on the market. Because you know what you're going to get. It's a, you know what I mean. You've seen this guy in the NFL game. You know how he, you don't know how a rookie's going to play. That's the problem. You don't know how a rookie is going to play. But I can he look might- at Bud Dupree over the last four seasons and go, that guy can play. He's physical. He's athletic. He's strong. He plays the run. Plays the pass very well. He, we could, it's a similar oh, system to a did start off a little slow, but we could also put it to the. Uh, you got to point to the finger of saying, hey, well. That's what happens when you have an all-pro on the other side of T.J. Watt, which does help. But I do like Bud Dupree. My thing is, I know everybody's like, oh, we got to go after Kenny Galladay. Look, I know that the Giants have. And the Giants were were in talks last season throughout the um, almost the trade deadline of going to Detroit and talking about trying to get Kenny Galladay. So there is interest with both sides. What is his ask? Hold on. What my thing is, is what is the asking price going to be for Galladay for, for a guy that's coming off injury, uh, coming off another injury and hasn't really played, has only played one full season in his four seasons so far in the NFL. So yeah, if, you're willing, four years, a, if you're willing to pay a guy 16 to 18 million for a receiver, that is, well, very talented, young, explosive, big plays when on the field. 
But that's the key when he's on the field. Are you willing to give up that much for a team that doesn't have a lot of salary cap, knowing that you also got to try to figure out your your defensive line situation with Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson? And can you add to that defense? That defense is very improved last year, very young, very um, athletic. You could add another pass rusher. I know that the main thing is the surrounding zones, and we've been predicating it so much the past couple weeks. The Giants need to get weapons to surround Daniel Jones to know if Daniel Jones is actually going to be the answer long-term for the New York football Giants. And I know that Kenny Galladay, he might be too steep for a price for the Giants to go after. So maybe you try to go after a Curtis Samuel. Someone, I know it's another, oh, another slot receiver that we don't need. We already have a million of them. We have already tried that. My just thing need is, playmakers. I know you need playmakers. Galladay could be the number one for the Giants, but the yeah, asking man. why can't we call OBJ back? Oh, let's call OBJ. Bring oh, him back to New York. OBJ, they're not bringing back. No, he stop. loves New York. All the people on Twitter, stop it! Stop yeah. it! He wants OBJ. to go. Oh, stop it! Bring him back. Coming back. He's going Listen. to Tampa. Listen. He's going to Tampa Bay. Bring, bring him to New York. Whoa. Bring him back, bro. That's our number one receiver. Bring back what we started. He's oh, he's no. a, he's ready to go. You yeah. want to be back him at Saquon? We got Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, his boy. Two years ago was the day Odell Beckham Jr. got traded from the New York Football Giants. I know that. Let's bring him back. All I'm trying to say is the Giants should prioritize either bring one of the second round pick for. We'll bring no. him back. No. Yes. No. Why? You go pass rusher in this free agency, try to go receiver heavy, offensive weapon heavy in the draft, and try to go with that. BJ, bro, he's a number one receiver. Bring him back to town. Let him flourish. Watching People that are watching, do you think the New York Giants, we're going we're gonna to post a poll later on in the show, later on after People this. People are going to say no because they just say no. Should the New York Giants trade back? OBJ, a trade and go get OBJ. Well, listen, would you rather pay Kenny Galladay $16 to $18 million a year for a guy that's only played one season? Now, I know you're going to say Odell Beckham is injured every year, but guess what? The potential is so great. The potential is, is dazzling. It's remarkable. All players are, are very potential-wise are great. Listen, I, could say the, I could say the same thing about Saquon Barkley. Town is hell. But two years running, he hasn't played a full season. Now, first year was great. Second year, missed some games. Still finished over 1,000 yards, 432 yards receiving. Third mm-hmm. season, got hurt in week two against the Bears ACL. We still need a uh, – I mean, hey, let's make some moves. Hey, I'm getting credit now. I'm getting credit yeah. now. See, Stevie Ritz. Hey, more right about OBJ than Trev. Thank you, Stevie. Appreciate it. Right oh, Steve. I think Gowdy gets 18 to 20. Then that's an overpay job. What's See, that's what the Jets, what the Jets See, I would love for the Giants to go after. Here's the thing that I'm glad you said that. I love that the Giants. I mean, I would love for the Giants to go get Galladay, but 18 to 20 million for a receiver that is very talented, but yet has the injury prone history. I just can't see it. I can't see them going that much when they are in a tight squeeze for for salary cap, and they already got to figure out their issues moving forward in the defense. That's line. why you draft the receiver and hit the defensive free agency. Yeah. So that's yeah. all. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Friday, Ted. It's Friday. No, yeah, if you were here, if you're here, I'd smack you. Why? Why would you want to do that to me? That's not nice. Oh, yeah. They're not nice. I don't like that. 
I don't know why I got to do it. Friday. Well, the Giants, they got a lot of things to figure out. They got a lot of issues to figure out. Dave Gettleman still wants to live in sometimes the 19. Hey, should we pick one of those Chiefs tackles that just got released? Oh, yeah, I saw that too. I mean, that's that's uh, that's probably one of the most surprising uh, moves that I saw in a couple weeks just because of the fact both that. tackles. That's what's surprising. Both tackles. I just want a bolt. Well, this is a team that just got their asses kicked on Super Bowl Sunday, and it was one of the main reasons was because their offensive line was, it was the worst performance I've ever seen from an offensive line in any football game. So, I mean, I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do. Maybe, I mean, Patrick Mahomes just came out and just restructured his contract, so they just sat freed up $17 million. Maybe they're trying to bring back Eric Fisher on a cheaper deal. Time will tell, but the champs, there's a reason why we don't see – oh, Ted, you're very blurry. Hold on, I got to – I'm going to – I think he's frozen. Hold on. I'm going to bring him back. But there's a reason why dynasties just don't work in the NFL. Yeah, and more Tom Brady and the New England Patriots because of what they've done. Because you see all this every time. Seattle was one of them, we thought. Now we're thinking the Chiefs. Let's slow our roll right now. But like I said, it is Friday. And this means also it is March. And if we do remember, this is supposed to be the craziest time of the year. It's college basketball. I know we haven't talked about this all year, which has been a bit of a surprise because, well, college basketball, they've managed to make it here. But now we're starting to see the issues. You remember a year ago this time, you had the breaking news. You had the New York Post. The day the sports world stood still and you had an empty arena. I'll never forget it, Ted. We watched the first half of the St. John's. Um, I think it was St. John's and Xavier or yes. quarterfinal yes. quarterfinal game. We watched the first half and they decided to postpone the rest of the Big East tournament. And that was it. There was no March Madness last year. This year, there seems like there's going to be a March Madness. But if you've seen the past recent couple of days, the Duke Blue Devils season has come to an end. The Virginia Cavaliers ACC tournament done. The Kansas Jayhawks today, done. North Carolina, A&T, Mihak, done because of COVID-related issues. They were the number one seed. Heck is playing the winner of the North Carolina-Florida State semifinal in the ACC title game. And Texas will be playing the winner of the Oklahoma State-Baylor semifinal game in the Big 12. My question is, March Madness couldn't survive last year. March Madness has made it all the way to this point, but we're starting to see some issues going on with COVID. Can they make it, or could they Could they possibly get – they might get the selection Sunday, but can they finish all the way to Final Four weekend? Well, here's the thing. See, you could get you could get through it – excuse me, let me slow down for a second. You can get through it during the regular season. You can postpone a game. You can move a game. You could skip a game. We've seen that throughout the season. Can't do that in the tournament, folks. Now, here's the problem and thought process that I was saying. I was having a conversation with Pate. I said, first round of the playoffs. It's 2.30. 16 seed plays the number one seed. Michigan. Kid on Michigan. Gets COVID. What? Their season's over and the 16 seed automatically moves on to the second round? Final four. Somebody gets COVID. What? The team automatically goes to the national championship? Is that what we're looking at right now? Because right now in the conference tournaments, 
we've seen that already. Virginia moved on in the first round. Florida State moved on in this round. You know, yep. who's moving on? I mean, Georgia Tech is going to be in the ACC championship, and they've only played one game. They've only played one game. So yeah. what what are we going to see when the NCAA tournament comes to Indianapolis? you got to remember, all the teams are going to be in that bubble, supposed bubble. So what, what happens there? That's the biggest thing. So, you know, one of the comments was, NCAA will have nobody to blame but themselves. Money talk first, vaccinations. Somebody said vaccinations should have been given out ahead of time. NCAA should have figured out a way to get enough vaccinations for Division One athletes. But I commented back with should the D1 athletes, which was brought up about professional athletes, should the college kids, because of maybe, – maybe not because they don't get paid. Maybe they should have gotten a chance to get vaccinated before the public? Or is that not right? Is that not ethical? Are we looking at sports still over the power of the the, the regular person? It, it, listen, March Madness will go on one way or another unless there's a major outbreak. And what, and I haven't seen a major outbreak in any of the professional sports since we've gone back. Baseball, football, basketball, tennis, hockey. You know, we've had teams. We've had, you know, certain players. But we haven't had a major outbreak. My thing is this. Can, can March Madness be ruined? by one or two teams getting COVID. And I say yes, especially if it's a big – listen, like I said, first round of the playoffs, 2.30 afternoon, you're you're on your third game of the bracket, 16th team versus one seed, same areas of the line versus Michigan. Michigan kid gets – Michigan's out. What? Do they have a backup plan? Is someone else fill the slot? Do they move the game? What is – because you can't have an oops. Not I mean, in a tournament where you can postpone a game because everything is thrown off. I mean, look at my team. I'm a Duke fan. I don't have – I mean, Duke's not going to the NCAA tournament now. Because, They're not going anywhere, bro. They're going well, back to Rattler. Yeah, They're they got to go, go back home. They got to go back home and watch the tournament. But my thing is, is well, you just said it. Duke was a team that had to fight for their life just to get a chance to be – they were on the bubble all year. Now, they didn't help their case because they struggled throughout the year. But they had to fight. They had to play their way in pretty much to win the to win the, to get into the NCAA tournament. They had to win the ACC t- uh, title. And now that the season is over, the AD has come out and said the season's totally over. So Duke is not going to the postseason. Neither is Kentucky. The first time since 1976, by the way, both blue bloods. And maybe Michigan State is another team that might not be making the tournament after their early exit in the Big Ten. No, I think they'll still make the tournament because they beat Ohio State, Illinois, and Michigan. With they get I think well, Michigan State. Like you said, Ted, what happens if Gonzaga, one of their best players, comes out comes out and says, um, COVID, Mark Few says, oh, one of, one of our guys get COVID. Bam, what happens? The team's done? Is that the, is the season you know, over? Here's my thing. If if it's one player, and I know this is going to sound ignorant, I don't give a crap. If one player gets COVID and the other eleven players don't, then play the game. Put the other kid in isolation. That one Just player with close, close contact, but the, if that one contact tracing. But if the other guys are negative, move on. We've been in the same room with people. Us, the two people that are on this show, been in the same room with someone who had COVID, and guess what? The other people in the room didn't have COVID. And we all went tested. Only one person got it. Guess what? We got tested again. And we still didn't get it. Move on. Those are just rare. Um, listen, just because one person doesn't mean the whole the whole party's got to end. Just because one person's a bad word 
and and everyone else, it doesn't mean the party's over. You just keep moving on. You throw them out the back door in the trash. See you later. Move on. The game must be played because guess what? March Madness only cares about the multi-million dollars that they lost last year that they are hoping to get this year. And it's going to be even bigger this year because everyone's going to be watching on television because I don't think there's that many fans allowed. My th- I'm just frustrated that the NCAA, as always, knows that this situation has been going on. You can't stop this virus. It's been it's the inevitable, and they, yet they still oh we've been testing them and all that. Well, yeah, obviously haven't done that well of a you job. Just the kids now, now on conference tournament, and if it's happening in conference tournament week, what do you think it's going to be like when next week, next a week from today, you're in Indianapolis and you have all sixty four teams playing? Well, the bubble, the bubble, we'll see. Listen, I don't know how the bubble works. I have no idea. I know how the NBA bubble worked, and the bubble in the NBA worked. It worked, and so did baseball. Both bubbles worked for those professional teams. If the NCAA learned anything, they should have asked both professional sports how they did it. Now, the difference is I don't know how Indianapolis is being set up. I don't know if there's private hotels. I don't know what the regulations are. But the NCAA should do everything in their power to make everything as clean and, and beautiful and with no issues because if at the end of the day, this doesn't fall on the kids. This falls on the NCAA people and the people in charge. It will only fall on the kids if the kids act like idiots and go out and well, do They're not wrong. going nowhere. They're probably well, going to be on lockdown. You know, how, you know how this younger generation is. They think they're invisible. They think that nothing yeah, ever happens. Virginia's to stuck in the hotel for another 10 days. They it's have just to have seven- even more fascinating that guess what? They had a player that contracted the virus, and now their, C- their ACC dreams – of winning an ACC title are over with because of some some issue like this. All I'm trying to say is is that in a week from today you're going to have 64 teams, maybe less, depending on the depending on Thursday's games. You will have over 64 teams playing for a right to win a national championship. So March Madness, we can only hope that it can continue because last year it was a true. Dark cloud for the Mar- for March Madness. It was it was doomed. I don't know if this is gonna happen again, but right now it's not a good start going in to Selection Sunday with some of the bigger programs getting eliminated based off of. And we still have three. We still have two and a half, two days left. Well, tonight and Saturday and some. I think there is a game Sunday. SEC. You know, I mean, because this is the past couple days. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um. And, and and listen, at the end of the day, we know what we want. We want the games. We want these kids to play. We miss this so much. This is what you know. Listen, this is bigger than just us. This is this is a world where I think this you know people, fans. I mean, kids have been waiting their whole life. I mean, think about some of the teams. I mean, that NC North Carolina and T team. They're a number one seed. They're going to be able to make the tournament for probably the first time, maybe ever, or the first time in ten years, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Those to be have an opportunity to fight for your school and to be able to put yourself on national television and, you know, and have the champ- opportunity to win a championship is remarkable. And you hope it just doesn't get ruined because of something stupid. And you hope it doesn't get ruined because protocols were not taken seriously enough, both as student athletes, coaches, and the NCAA, because this, I believe it will, we will have a champion one way or another because money talks. We saw it in the NCAA. We saw it in baseball. We saw it in basketball. One way or another, we'll have a championship team. Rise up at the beginning of April. I just don't know how we're going to get there, bud. We might hit a couple speed bumps. 
It's already happening. That's what I'm saying. We'll see what happens. I mean, time will tell only. I mean, we can only hope that this doesn't affect a, a major team. And we and we like we said, the NBA survived with the bubble. The MLB did their part. The NFL miraculously got to the Super Bowl and finished their season. Now we'll see if NCAA March Madness can complete their season. So we can only hope. But like I said, we are streaming on all social media platforms. You can check us out on YouTube as well, Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, share. Ted, do you, do you want to say something? No, I was just going to say if anyone oh, missed the show, we'll post it afterwards. They can check it out oh, yeah, on Spotify. But what, I mean, listen, no big thing. Just go enjoy yourself and uh, and let's have some fun. We should be some great games. Go UConn. Oh, yeah, the UConn Huskies. Uh, should I root for them? You got nothing else to root for. I'm in Florida, but Florida lost. So They lost. Duke's out. You're done. Go Huskies, right? Go Huskies! We will see. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcast and cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. Making all the My mom says.